she knew I kind of she was like all right she she has a whole story of it too where she felt like yeah that it was like this big moment for her she was like oh my son's gonna do music and so she wrote that down in a journal and I've heard it ever since I was a kid you know so it's like it's just funny you know I, I me and my mom still talk about that you know she your mama knows man your mama knows they're not right all they're not right or they're not wrong a lot of times man they're they know what they're doing <laughs> the intersection of good drinks good music and good times this is hops and spirits bar conversations we got another great episode for you this week as we talk with a kentucky artist jonathan hutcherson for our conversation it's a cool one he's got a cool story uh, and I'm so happy that we get to share it because he's also making some good music as well. Don't forget, if you haven't checked out our sister podcast, Hops and Spirits Kentucky, you might have heard of one of our fellow uh, Tasting Notes folks, Kevin Patterson, on it recently for this week's episode. But up next for Tasting Notes, we welcome back Jake Sollick to talk about warmer weather cocktails and what you can expect. Enjoy. Did you know Hops and Spirits is more than just this podcast? Check out hopspirits.com for our latest episode release past episodes, interviews with interesting folks in the alcohol industry, and so much more. Just go to hopspirits.com. Feel free to wait until this podcast is done. Joining us once again for Tasting Notes, he's the beverage director and partner with the Professors LLC. Please welcome back Jake Selleck. Thanks, Jonathan. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you. It's been been a little while, and I'm, I'm always happy to get your expertise because I always feel like you bring a, a wealth of knowledge on, on these topics. And and I think cocktails is where your heart's at for the most part, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, obviously today when we're talking and recording, it's a little chilly, but hopefully whenever people are listening to this, it's it's a little bit warmer. And, you know, spring and summertime tend to be warmer months for most. Um, so I thought we'd start off with some warmer weather cocktails and what folks might be able to expect out of the bars, because I feel like this is when the seasons have changed for a lot of restaurants and what they've got on the menu leaving the winter months but um what can people expect when they wait they go out and maybe see something on a menu somewhere spring kind of signals the beginning of gin season so for menus when you're going out you're going to start to see a lot of fortified wine a lot of gin a lot of vodka cocktails start coming back on the menu and that's just because during winter people have been running a lot of the heavier bodied spirits so you, that's when you're running your Isla Scotch, your Armagnac, your Cognac. So you start to transition into the heavier spirits. And you also start moving into bubbly cocktails, something that we don't think about. Bubbly cocktails tend to be crisper. They're a little bit more refreshing, so they tend to hit menus starting in the spring. Well, and, and I also love, too, because I, I feel like around here where, where we're kind of from in, in central Kentucky that – I'm impressed by some of the breweries and stuff who are being a little smarter maybe with their cocktail menus and imparting stuff that maybe is on their actual menu, whether that's in cordials or, you know, maybe throwing in meat or honey if they're at a meadery. Yeah, you know, you're starting to see a, a, a really fun union between beer and cocktails. I think it, it, it started catching steam around 2015, 2016. But now it's almost become ubiquitous where you can go into a bar and get a, and, you know, a so-called beer cocktail or a union of the two um, almost anywhere, especially in a major market. One of my favorite cocktails is uh, it's called an Americano Perfecto. It was uh, written by Damon Bolte, who was a Brooklyn bartender at the time. But it's basically a, a classic Americano where you have half Campari, half sweet vermouth. And rather than topping it up with soda water, you top it up with a nice Pilsner. 
Sounds crazy on paper. It's absolutely delicious. Well, and that's per- to me, that's perfect for, for warmer weather months uh, when you're out on the back patio. Maybe maybe you like a, a beer and your partner likes a, a, something a little more bubbly, and that's a perfect combo. Absolutely. And and so if folks are looking to do the home, I always call it the home bartending route where maybe they just want to make one for themselves or their partner. What would be a, a good one for this time of year? Warmer weather, maybe some, not everything's maybe back at the farmer's market, but some stuff they could try to, to pull off. I start making spritzes this time of year. And especially if you're spending a lot of time outside, it's really hot. And if you're in Kentucky, it's going to get even hotter. And so you're sweating a lot, you're getting dehydrated. So if you stick to a lower ABV drink, A, it's more sessionable. You can have more of them. But B, it's going to help with your hydration a little bit. And so uh, a spritz, it's not one recipe. There's not one drink for a spritz. It's just kind of a, a style, a way of drinking. So you want to take lower ABV ingredients, like some lower ABV Amari from Italy. These are bittersweet liqueurs. And pair them maybe with a regular wine or a fortified wine, something that's also very sessionable and drinkable. Put that on the rocks and then top it up with classically with club soda. If you want a little bit more of a kick, you can use something like Prosecco. But the whole idea is you want to leave out your base spirit. You want to leave out your vodka, your gin, your whiskey, that way, although you're still consuming alcohol, you're still imbibing, it doesn't quite have that kick. So after three, you're not feeling really drunk and heavy and gross out in the hot sun. Yeah, I don't think, think anyone wants that. And, and on that cocktail, when you say kind of, you're just talking about in a glass, one, two, three, mix it up, right? Yeah, yeah, something really easy. You know, Right now, one of the, the best-selling Amara in the world is Aperol. It's bittersweet, orange forward. It's complex, but subtle. It's also really, really low proof. So it's really easy to put an ounce of Aperol in the glass, maybe an ounce of white wine if you like white wine, or you know, you could lean the classical route and put an ounce of vermouth in there and then just top it up with soda water. You can maybe put a lemon or an, an orange twist on it to add a little bit of extra flavor. But the idea is those ingredients already have a lot of flavor. They're very complex. They have a, they have a lot of ingredients that go into making them. And then by topping it up with soda water, you're really just adding texture, you're lengthening it. So you still get that alcohol kick, still registering in your head that this is alcohol, but it's just something that you can actually have seven or eight of them and feel okay. <laughs> and that's the key during the summer months because uh, the heat will let will catch up with you if you're yes, drinking the heavy will. stuff. So, okay, Sam, I've got a little get together and I maybe want to make a batch cocktail for this time of year. What would be a good one there? I always make punch when I'm, when I'm at a get-together or I'm getting together with friends or hanging out. Punch is, is easy. It's, I, I feel like I'm on a pulpit and I'm always telling people you've got to make punch. But you just have to think of it as, as a base recipe. It's really just a sour. So, you know, if you like something like a whiskey sour or a daiquiri, that's what punch is. It's just on a large scale. So you, you always, uh, you know, the, the very classic uh, rhyme for this is one, one of one of sour, two of sweet, three of strong, four of weak. You kind of keep those ingredients in mind where you have, you know, one, one part of sour, two part sweeteners, sugar, three parts of a hard alcohol, and then four parts of a diluting agent. For cocktails, we typically use water, but summertime in Kentucky, mint tea um, is, or an herbal tea like chamomile is a great substitute. You just kind of combine all of that in a pitcher. You don't even have to add ice cubes. You can just make it a day ahead of time, put it in your refrigerator, 
And then when you're ready to go the next day, take it out and serve it on the rocks. It's fantastic. I, I love that because everything you've mentioned, I always joke that I, I, I tend to screw things up, but I really do think I could pull <laughs> pull each one of these off. And that's what the goal is always to do is to make these things truly approachable. Absolutely. Well, Jay, I, I appreciate, appreciate the knowledge and the cocktails as always. Of course. Thank you for having me. Check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hops Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here for our conversation, he's a country artist, songwriter. He's just put out a couple singles, Dust and Makes a Man, and he's from Kentucky, of all yes, places sir. where I'm based out of, just a few few miles away, I, I think. Welcome in, Jonathan Hutcherson. What's up, y'all? Thanks, Jonathan, for having me, man. Appreciate no, it. No, I appreciate you, you hopping on, and, and I, I can't wait to dive into to where you're from, and I know you're down in Nashville now, kind of full, full time, but you have yes, those sir. Kentucky roots, and, and, and we'll get into that, but... This is bar conversation, so I figured if I'm talking to a Kentucky boy, I got to have a little Kentucky bourbon, is. got a little rabbit hole, um, there it a little is. Cave Hill straight bourbon. Uh, you drinking anything good tonight? Dude, I got a little bourbon myself. Cheers. There a little go. Buffalo there Trace. Ah, see, classic right there. Come on, you got to, you got to. <laughs> now, is that your like go-to, uh, you know, whiskey, or do you kind of mix and match, have, have a few different things for for uh, different occasions, dude? I'm kind of, I'm pretty simple. I don't, I don't drink a ton, but when I do, like, I'm definitely, if I'm hanging around, I'm doing bourbon, around a fire. I'm just, I'll, I'll do a lot of times, I'll do Woodford. Like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not to the level of, like, really getting in it. And, you know, I know a, a couple famous ones where I'm like, okay, this is good stuff. Or I've definitely done some tastings and stuff. But if you give me some good Woodford, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, man. I'm happy. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Buffalo Trace is solid, although I miss the days when it was actually easily findable on the shelves. Although, if you know the right places, you can still find it at a decent price. Yeah, absolutely. It's harder now. Now, now do you do any beer or any any other beverages when when the, you know, like if you're out on a boat or just chilling on the lake or or anything like that? Dude, I... um... You know, I do... I'm a big IPA guy now. I love just Mm. like a... You know, the one I... That I had recently was like the Homestyle IPA. I just had one of those, and that was great. I love that. Um, but otherwise, you know, I don't I don't drink a beer a ton. But so if I if I do drink some beer, I'll have an IPA, not a Bud Light, but an IPA. <laughs> Unless something with a little taste, right? <laughs> something with it. Something with a little little yeah, a little oomph to it. Yeah. <laughs> now. I gotta ask you a, a, a fun question. I think because mm-hmm. it's it's on your I believe is it it's on your arm. You got the date oh, February first, twenty eighteen. Can you explain that date and then why you got that tattoo? Yeah, so I got it. Let's see. Yeah, this one right here on this arm, left arm. Um, I just you know it's February, yeah February first, twenty eighteen is the date I moved to Nashville. So literally the day before I took my last test. Like high school, like in high school, I was senior. Took my last test, and I'm like, all right, I'm I'm headed to Nashville. So, I kind of wanted to tattoo for a while, and I wanted something that, like a date that was important to me, and that was just sort of like a, you know, a big change for me. I was like, I want to get that on my arm, you know, and and just always kind of remind me of that day coming to town and trying something new for once, you know. Well, and and I'm confused though, because normally when you graduate. 
or take your last test, that's maybe in May or April. How did you yeah, pull yeah. off February first? <laughs> so my dude, my high school experience was like really weird, just because. I was on The Voice, so I'll try to condense it, but I was on The Voice my, like, soft or freshman or sophomore year, and then kind of after that, it kind of messed up my high school, like, experience, because I was, like, homeschooled for some of that, and then I did online school for half my junior year, and basically the counselors gave me, Miss McMillan, shout out Miss McMillan, <laughs> gave me so much grace. I went to West Jessamine High School in Jessamine County, and um, they gave me a ton of grace. And I was they they knew my situation was a little different, and I was like, "Tell me what I need to do to get out of here, and if possible, out of here early." And so I was able to like take community college. Like I think I went, um, yeah, like BCTC and took some community college stuff, and and was able to get out early. Don't know how, but I did it. So February <laughs> was my my end of high school for me, and I still came back and walked on, like walked with my friends, which was fun too. Had to do that for sure. But you you couldn't wait to to get to mm. Nashville though, because that man, I was like, get me there. I'm I'm ready to go do the thing, you know. Now, when Let's did Nashville go. become more than just you know like a dream, and where you wanted to actually move there and then make the move? I mean, yeah. So like, I kind of it was always in the back of my mind. I'm like, you know, this would be cool. Like this would be fun. Like I could see myself ending up there if music becomes real. And then at, the older I got, I started kind of songwriting and playing at churches and stuff and, you know, fest, you know, little festivals and stuff like that when I was 14, 15, 16 and started really falling in love with it. I think my family could tell that I was loving music and then got to do the voice in 2016. And, um, that kind of was like, like the thing I needed to be like, all right, you know, let's do it. Like this is, this, this works enough. And just to have that, attached to what I do going forward was kind of cool and being like, all right, I'm not, I can kind of have that, you know, going to Nashville and say, Hey, like, I'd love to write, you know, this is what I've done. Like that was helpful. But, um, so yeah, after the voice, when I came out of that, I was like, all right, this is, this is for real now. Like I want to, I want to do it. So 16, 17, I had been playing it since then <laughs> to move to Nashville. I don't know how my parents did. Like, I don't know how they let me do it, but they did. So I'm grateful for them. Well, I was going to say, I mean, you grew up in a, in a big family. I think you're, what, one of like four or five, is that right? Yep. I got, I have a, three younger brothers and, and a, an adopted sister, so four or five, yeah. Five five now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and I mean, I'm sure they play a big, your your mom, dad, everyone plays an important part of your, your life because, I mean, like you said, they, they let, they were willing to, you know, uh, kind of go oh, through yeah. some crazy times and then they ended up moving down to Nashville too, didn't they? Yeah, they did, man. They, uh, dude, they, it was, they just, so I got family in Georgia too. So I got family in Kentucky. Fam, my dad's family's in Georgia. And so, you know, my parents always like to say that's kind of a good middle ground. But, um, I do think, I do think I had a part to play in getting them here for sure. I think mama coming down a bunch, dad coming with her, they just fell in love with the area. And they're like, let's just do something new. So, my mom spent her whole life in Kentucky and central Kentucky. And so she had never done a move like that. And my dad spent a lot of his life in Kentucky. So it was a big move for everybody, but ended up working out really good. And it's actually right before COVID. So it was, it was kind of just a funny time, but we got here literally right before COVID. So, um, you know, however you want to look at it, it was a blessing because 
at least we were moved in, you know, like I'm telling, I'm talking like just moved in, which was crazy. But, uh, but yeah, dude, they're all here. They're all here now. We're all holding the fort down in Tennessee, man. Well, now, now you it's haven't crazy. turned uh, Tennessee orange yet, have you? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> dude, I could never, man. It, it, I couldn't. I can't. It's just, I got a bunch of friends that are on the train, but dude, I'm just, I'm a, I'm always gonna be repping the Wildcats, man. You got, you got to, you got to be wearing that blue. And you can hear it in my songs, dude. I write a lot about. I'm always just, I got a bunch of songs that talk about Kentucky blue and bluegrass, so I'm owning that for sure. Swear Ain't nothing wrong with that. Pl- plenty nothing. of good things to talk about, and that's right. And, and I'm sure plenty of good experiences and stories to to share. And, that's and right. I, I'm I'm pretty sure too that church played a, a big role and still does does for you. So yes, sir. Is that where you kind of started singing? Was in church and kind of grew from there. Yes, sir. Yeah, I. Yeah, man. I I kind of just yeah grew up like very young age um, singing in church and would do you know. Uh, they'd give me a slot to sing up there and I'd jump up and sing a hymn and, or whatever they'd have me do or lead worship. You know, I, I would fill in when my youth pastor or my pastor, worship pastor wasn't there and I'd help lead. And I just grew like from a young age, I just loved it. I loved, um, how much kind of just how much, uh, music can impact people. You know, you see it firsthand. Um, it's a very, it's a special thing, a spiritual thing. And so, uh, definitely found my love for music in the church and and uh, realized very young that I was like something, yeah, something I was going to do for a very long time for sure. For well, sure. And I was going to say, I think your mom even realized that too because uh, I think I read somewhere where she wrote in a journal that uh, I don't know what he's going to do, but it's going to do music, whether yeah. that's teach it, sing it, or play it or write it. And I think yeah, you're kind of doing all of it, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing all of it right now. Yeah. No, I, yeah, she 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 loves to tell that story, man. But yeah, that's uh from a young age, like I don't even know, I might have been one or two. She knew I kind of. She was like, "All right." She she has a whole story of it too, where she felt like, yeah, that it was like this big moment for her. She was like, "Oh, my son's gonna do music," and so she wrote that down in a journal. And I've heard it ever since I was a kid, you know. So <laughs> it's like it's just funny, you know. I. I me and my mom still talk about that, you know. She, your mama knows, man. Your mama knows. They're not right all, they're not right or they're not wrong a lot of times, man. They're they know what they're doing. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, has she just given that to you like in a card and <laughs> put put it up know, on your yeah, wall? Yeah, hung yet? it on my. Yeah, it's yeah, it's in every it's all of my bedrooms. But other than that, yeah, <laughs> every every room I've ever lived in, it's just hanging on my ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I find it interesting too because while you love you know, you know, music, you, you do have what I'm thinking some people would go, how does this work? Cause you do have moderate to severe hearing loss and we're hearing yep. aids. Yeah. So how does that work? Well, dude, I'm going to tell you right now. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I was born with, yeah, moderate to severe hearing loss, half my hearing. So I've had hearing aids since I was about two and a half. So, um, I mean, they used to be those big old things you could see from a mile away, and now they're smaller. And it's funny, not a lot of people—I wouldn't say a lot—but there are several people that don't know, like, that I have hearing aids. That I still have to tell, you know, a lot of my writer friends. They're like, "Oh shoot, I didn't know you had that." But um, yeah, man, I've been wearing them since I was very young, and kind of just, you know, it's—I'm entering this little spot right now where it's—I'm trying to figure out how to do 
a lot of singers when they're playing live they, they do these in ears and and so kind of entering that i had to just get some in ears and i was trying to find a way to combine my hearing aids with in ears if that was even possible and and you know as of now i mean we couldn't figure that out for the time being but um yeah, you know, it has its it has its difficulties, but also it's like I can't really complain. I mean, it's like all of it. You know, I've had honestly, I just joke about it more than anything. You know, I just I just laugh it off, and I'm I'm still I'm still trying to. I would love to. You know, I'm technically handicapped. I want a handicap sticker. I think that's fair. Don't you think that's fair, man? Pulling. I mean, I think it's hysterical pulling up in a truck, and I'm you know this kid getting out getting out, but I'm like you know I got the hearing aids. Maybe I should have a handicap sticker. Maybe I should. Always park. Always not the first spot. But, not the you first. Know, the second handicap one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you know you see people that they're like they get out and you're like, what do they do? They're fine. They look fine. I'm like, that would be me. They're like, what's he doing there? But then I just flip the nades out. Like you tell me, you tell me. God. Well, you got to build an excuse. Like if you really didn't want to hear something, you just go, I didn't hear uh, it. And, yeah. Well, uh, one second. <laughs> yeah. I'll be back. I'll be back in a second. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I was I was curious about it. I mean, for you though, I mean that's something you've lived with, so you've grown grown used to it. I, I'm sure there's yeah. And but when it does come to the live shows, uh-huh. I'm guessing that is where it is weird, like you said, because that's how a lot of people kind of use that for tracking things like that. Maybe it not is. if you're doing acoustic stuff, but if you're playing with a band, yeah. th- there there is a lot of that. It's a lot of yeah, and I'm realizing too. I'm realizing really just recently. Um, like I even like the way I sing, uh, I kind of sing a little harder just cause I can't hear myself as good. I realize I've developed some like, you know, I sing harder than I need to. I even talk louder than I should, but it's the way it's, it's, a. I don't know. I just, I, it's the way I've always done it, you know, cause I'm always trying to hear myself speak. And so I, it's starting to shake out a little bit cause, uh, you know, I'm like, all right, I need to need to protect my voice a little bit, not sing as hard. Cause I'm, uh, you know, don't want to lose your voice. And and then being on stage with wedges and stuff like that, I'm trying to figure out what setting works in my hearing aids to hear things. It's just, it's a little bit of work, but dude, it's all good. We'll figure it out. Always, you know, it'll it always works out. I'll I'll get something. And they're always making new technology. You know, it just gets better and better every every year, really. I was gonna say. I mean, I, I think I, I know. Like, I mean, nowadays you you get Bluetooth in them, and you can like hook oh, yeah, it up dude. to the TV. Dude, that's 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 probably my favorite thing. Um, yeah, like if you were to call me right now, it would go straight into my ears, and so like I, I like I'll I'll answer, and it's in my in my ears. So I'm walking around. Talk, that's the easiest thing. I can just answer the phone and set it somewhere, and be like, and do my thing. It's kind of sick. And a lot of people think, you know, it's like the Bluetooth guy that you're like, you're like, what's he doing? That's, that is me, man. That's what I do. I'm walking around just like talking to some strangers and people are like, what's, who's he talking to? But you know, Hey, hey you, you, it, it works. Yeah. And it, that that's life for you, right? I mean, yeah, it is life for me. I'm bionic, man. <laughs> it feels good. You should try it. <laughs> Now, now I know another big, like you said, uh, another big impact for you is being on The Voice. You, you were on there yep. when you were fifteen and sixteen, because audition at fifteen on the show at the age sixteen. What was that like, bro? It was uh, first off a surprise because you know we just I did that open call audition in Chicago with my parents and was kind of just like, hey, let's see what happens. And 
wasn't really didn't know I was going to make it as far as I did. Um, so it was it was a surprise in a lot of ways. But then, you know, uh, I made it on Team Pharrell, and that was a blast. And it was just like getting to see that world of of production and music, and I mean, it's just. It's, it's really surreal. It's, it's really cool. I mean, dude, you had all these schedules. I mean, I had to have hair and makeup, man. I had to have full body makeup. Any part of your skin that was showing on the on the show, they had to put makeup on it, which is hysterical. So I'm like, you know, they put makeup on your hands, and you're like, it's just like all that stuff is real eye opening. You're like, what on earth? You know, like you don't think that um, that you're gonna have to have do all that, but it was fun. You know, they pick out a you know, they pick out like a picked out a wardrobe. I had like the whole wardrobe, and like you're like, who am I? Y- y'all know I'm from Wilmore, Kentucky, man. It's two stoplights and a railroad track. Best thing we got is Subway. You know, like, like I uh, sure go ahead. I'll have that jacket. Put that jacket on me. So it was it was just funny, man. It was definitely like I got the bug of like, oh man, this there's a there's a big world of of this, you know. A lot of fun stuff to do with this and so uh, yeah i've been trying to do it ever since i guess <laughs> well you said yeah. that's what pushed you to to head to nashville kind of gate for sure you, know, yeah. you, you were bitten by the bug but yeah. like you said you, you grew up in wilmore kentucky which for those that don't know that's about 30 minutes 20 minutes depending on on traffic out of, out of lexington yep uh, what, what was it like growing up in wilmore dude um yeah it was great man like small town not not a not a whole lot to do, but also, I mean, like you said, 20, 30 minutes out of, outside Lexington, you're, you're right near anything you need to be near to. And, um, but yeah, man, just a real humble upbringing. Like I was just, it's the thing I'm grateful for the most is just having that, um, just lip growing up in that town and, and it's just, it's a sweet town. It's a simple town. Um, a lot of love, just a lot of good people there. And, um, uh, uh, yeah, I just I'm proud of I'm proud of being a Jessamine County kid. Like I really am. It's the thing I, I write it in my songs. You hear you'll hear it, and even some actually some new songs coming out. Um, I, you know, I talk about it, and I think that a lot of people like kind of you know want to leave where they grew up, and then when they get to where they want to go, they want to go right back. And I feel that I'm, I mean I'm 23 but even then i'm like dang you don't realize how good you have it till you leave it you know um but yeah wilmore wilmore's awesome man my parents met at asbury that college right there and uh my grandpa went there i did basketball camp there and um just had a lot of a lot of good memories there and uh we still have like a little house on main street that uh they were going to tear down and my, we bought it and redid it and we'll go there and stay there sometime. So I, it, it's still home for sure. We go back there when we can. Well, and, and obviously growing up in, in Kentucky, you, you see a lot of the musicians that come out of here from yeah. Chris Stapleton to Tyler Childers, Sturgill, er, everything yeah. like that. What impacted kind of growing up in kind of the countryside of, of Kentucky and, and have, have on you and your music love? Dude, I think, you know, Oh yeah, man. I mean, those are great examples. I mean, even bluegrass, you know, has just like something I grew to love. And, um, I do have some of that in my, in my songs, you can hear some elements and, um, I write a lot about it. Uh, just the visuals of, of home, you know, I think, you know, I want to be able to 
like as an artist kind of write about and sing from the world I, I'm from. And so I talk a lot about that. I have a song I'm hoping to put out here soon called Kentucky and me. And, uh, it just kind of talks about how like you can't take, you can't take where I'm from out of me. And the kind of the whole hook of the song goes, my roots are like the Cumberland running deep where, uh, where I'm from is who I'll always be. And if you start falling for me, girl, there's more than what you see. And that's in Kentucky and me. And it's just talking about talking about how, yeah, you just can't take that out of me. So I try to put a lot about where I'm from and, and, uh, just you know yeah man i'm a, i'm the kentucky kentucky's where i'm from man that's 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 it's always what i'll i'll sing about and and uh write about well i was going to say when when you're writing uh, you know i feel like at least in these last couples as you've i feel like found your sound here here lately you you can hear those storytell like i i think of blue collar yeah. where you're talking about your grandpa um yeah. And the song, you know, having the window down for 40 years and stuff like that. Yeah. You get those actual visuals. Is that kind of what you're hoping for when, whether it's a song that you've written or yeah. co-written or anything like that? Dude. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, yeah, dude. I mean, I want, I want to like blue collar was a song that I'm like, I was thinking I had that kind of concept when I brought it in a room with, I brought it, um, I was writing with Mark Trussell, Luke Laird. And I was like, man, what, what do I want to do? What do I want to say? Who, where am I? where am I from? And I'm Jessamine County. I mean, it's a blue collar town, you know, it's a, it's a working town nine to five. And, um, that's what my dad did. That's what everyone I knew did. And so that's where I'm from. I'm not, you know, I'm not Georgia red dirt country. I'm not Texas. I'm not necessarily Texas cowboy hat country, even though I relate to a lot of that. And, um, it's just, I, I'm, I'm, a you know, from a blue collar kind of, kind of country and so i think that's kind of that was why that song was important to me i was like hey if you if you know that if you're from that which is a lot of a lot of america really i mean mm -hmm. uh, most of america i'll say um it's like then then you'll understand that and so yeah my my papa he did smoke marbles for 40 years and uh he tried to quit by eating dum-dums or those those lollipops you know <laughs> anytime <laughs> i'd come in his house he had a bucket i'm telling you like a big old gallon size bucket a dum dum or what yeah, the dum dum, the suckers. Yeah, so he tried to quit it, man. But you know, those are the those are those good memories. You got to put them in there. No, I, I love it. Like I said, that's you really can see that that coming through. And and you know, obviously, you know, you've you've put out a couple singles. Like I said, blue collar back at the end of twenty twenty two, uh, makes mm -hmm. a man earlier this year, and recently dust. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I feel like you found your your sound because. I know on the voice you're a little more poppy, yep, so, that's right. so to speak, and now oh, you yeah. feel like you've you've got the the country in you coming out. Totally, yeah. No, I, I, dude, it's funny. I went through, like, you know, you try to find all your elements and see what they make, you know. But uh, I was like, you know, I grew up singing Christian music, and I was like, well, I don't want to always sing about, you know, I don't, I feel like I can sing about other stuff and just faith, and then I. I was like, all right, well, I'll sing some pop. And I was like, well, I don't know if I can sing just pop, but I like some pop. And then so, and then it came out to where I'm at now. So it's a lot of those influences, but um, definitely glad I'm not wearing what I wore on The Voice. I'll tell you that. Happy to wear my <laughs> boots and jeans. Amen. Golly. A little more comfortable. Woo. A lot more. A lot more. <laughs> now, I was going to say, you know, people might see you having success down in, in Nashville putting out the, those songs and so forth. But like you said, you've been down there, you know, five, six years. And, yep. You know, I, what's that journey 
been like over that time? Because it's not always success right off the bat when you head to Nashville. Totally. Yeah, no, it's – yeah, man, I mean, it's it's funny. It's it's going by fast. It's, you know, like I'm used – I was used to be able – you know, I used to be able to say, oh, I'm the young guy in the room, you know, like oh, I've only been here a couple years, but now it's it's – it's about hit six, you know, you know, and I'm like, dang, that's a lot. So, um, but yeah, man, I mean, it took about a year or so to finally get, to get a publishing deal. That was my goal. I wanted to write songs professionally. That was like the dream. It still is a dream for me. It's the, my favorite thing in the world. Um, so it took about a year to sign a publishing deal, my first publishing deal. And I signed with creative nation and the independent comp- company in town. And, a lot of my heroes are here, and and so it was an honor to, to work here, and it's a place I plan on staying for a while. It, and, uh, yeah, so since then, it's, you know, COVID kind of, you know, that threw out, every, you know, a lot for, I'm sure, you know, everybody you've talked to and had on, and it was sort of a time to meet, for me to dig in and write more songs, really. It's kind of under, you know, behind the scenes and, um, and then since the last couple of years, I've just been building my team as far as like management and touring and like just trying to get out on the road and play shows. That's, that's what I've been doing as of late is just playing a lot more. And that's what I want to do. I want to get in front of fans and, and find my, find my people who know, know what I sing and see themselves in my songs. And, uh, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's been wanting to get. I've been wanting to get on the road, and, and we're starting to make it happen this year, which is fun. So I'm grateful for it. But it definitely has been a long road for sure. So, like, like you you were saying, you know, you're you're getting out on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you played a little big town recently, Connor uh, Smith there for some shows. I think you got some other ones coming out. Mm-hmm. What's it like to be out there and and what's because that's a, definitely different than just you know writing songs and and getting in the studio. For sure, dude. Oh yeah, it's a different man. It's a different world for sure. I'm, I'm kind of my eyes, have, yeah, are kind of been open. I mean, for the last several years, I've been making the music and and writing, and and so this is, you know, a whole different muscle, and it's it's a it's exciting. It's something I've not done, and it, it's given me like, uh, yeah, it's just it's firing me up, and I want to be good at it. I'm just, you know, I'm learning a lot, you know, but I. Uh, I've, yeah, I got to open for Little Big Town actually this weekend at at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. That was crazy. It was a dream venue for me. Um, I had my whole my whole family out there. A lot of us, like first part twenty of us. It was it was. Now were they decked out in Jonathan Hutcherson oh, gear man, signs they, and everything? They had the merch. They were they were they were decked out to the nines. You could have spotted us from a mile mile away, man. It was awesome. But you know, I'm laughing because. I'm like, I know we're like the redneck crew and everyone's like, what are these people doing? But man, that's part of it. That's fun. When you got your family, I'm like, I told my mom and my, my dad after I was like, y'all, I mean, this, you come to any show you want, you know, this is, this is what it's about. Like they, they loved it so much. They had so much fun. My grandparents were there and uncle cousins. I mean, literally, literally everybody. Uh, and I was like, this is what it's about. They're all like, we want to come to the next one. And I'm like, y'all come out. You know, I'll get you tickets. Like, I don't, this is fun. We'll have a, I want it to be fun for them. And and they definitely ha- do have a lot of fun. But, yeah, man, it's, it's that's been really fun just kind of to play live. And, and uh, yeah, with uh, Connor Smith, we got some more coming up. We got Nash- Nashville and Knoxville coming up. And, um, 
we got some Carly Pierce dates and some more little big town dates. And I'm just, I'm pumped, man. I'm excited for the summer. It's going to be good. Well, because like you said, I know that that was a goal, so so that's awesome, and yeah, and and I'm guessing too that you know since you've put out a few singles, yep, already, what's that leading to? Some more new music, some another EP, an album. Mm-hmm. What can you say that won't get you in trouble with I your know, crew? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've learned that. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. So, dude, yeah, we are we are cutting, we're cutting new music like next week. So we're going to go cut several more songs and I'm really, really, really excited about this next batch of songs. I think it's even more, uh, more me and, uh, it's some of my favorite songs. It's going to have a lot of Kentucky elements where I'm from even more so actually. Um, but it's going to be anthemic, very anthemic and, and rootsy. And cause I want, I want people to, I want it to feel different, but I also want people to, to turn this up in their car their trucks their cars and on boats man if you're on a boat i want to be able i want i want you i want to get your head bopping so we got some of that and then we got some a lot of heart in this pro this next kind of project singles ep i'm not sure yet so we'll kind of see where it goes and, and i think I, I touched on this a little bit earlier where i, I really do think you've i feel like you found a good groove for, for yourself because it just seems Thanks, so authentic but how difficult was that? Because I know when you get to Nashville, you got all these folks telling you different things, or you're yeah. seeing different things and different this person popping off and and this person, and and it can be difficult to stay within you and kind totally. of be you. Totally, yeah. I mean, it's really good. It's something I'm going to be figuring out forever. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, but the, I would say at first and and still what I do. First, I knew what I wasn't and the songs I didn't want to sing. And then that became clearer and clearer. And now I feel like I'm definitely entering this spot of like what I want to sing and what I want to say. And I'm realizing like, you know, it's it's cheesy. They're like, you know, be yourself and just, you know, but it, it really all that's all you can do. I mean, you have to only share how you see the world and what you believe. And um, and so, you know. I talk a lot about that in my songs and my point of view. I mean, really, that's that's what like what I'm learning. Like, what's my point of view? And so, I think this next kind of batch of songs you're gonna hear a little more of my point of view on life, which is which is cool. And um, but yeah, man, it's, it's it's yeah, it's 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 changing and it's something. It's definitely something that you know will be you know like the challenge for my career is always just how do I how do I say what I want to say? You know, how do I be my most authentic kind of self as far as like when it comes to music for sure. Well, like I said, I think what you've been putting out dust blue collar makes a man, that's stuff that people can relate to. And, and, and it's what caught my ear and, and why I wanted to reach out. Cause I enjoy those songs. And Thanks, man. obviously we're just a little ways, I mean, I guess a little, a little more than a little ways into 2023, as you say, time flies. Yeah. <laughs> so what can folks expect from you the, the rest of 2023? I mean, I know you got some working on some music, got some tour dates, but what can yeah. they expect from you and what are you hoping to accomplish? Yeah, man. I mean, definitely. Um, I mean, as of now, yeah, hopefully some song, like several songs throughout the summer, stuff new stuff to jam to and uh hopefully you know in the fall uh well summer and fall being hopefully you'll be able to see me on the road if you haven't because i'm trying to go out and 
meet everybody that you know listens to my music so that that for sure um those are the big big things um i i also something we did last year my brothers and i something we're probably going to do every year but um we we planned a race that we did last december uh across the coast of california and uh it was a 112 mile race that we did in four days and we which is something we kind of had the itch to do and we uh, raised some money for a hearing uh, nonprofit, hearing aid nonprofit uh, called hearing to call and the work they've done and i've worked with them and they're amazing and so we're looking forward to doing that again and kind of planning how we want to do that as well because uh, me and my brothers we like we like kind of getting into some fun stuff something challenging we love so we love long long distance running and so we're trying to see if we want to do that in California, up the PCH, or if we want to do somewhere in the in the U.S. So we're planning that. So that's another fun thing, and we documented that, and we'll kind of post a um, little clips of all that and all that. So we're kind of planning that too. But yeah, man, there's a lot of little little things we're gonna to try to do this year. But uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. So, so everyone needs to stay tuned because some fun yeah, things man. could be happening. <laughs> yeah, you never, you never know. You never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, I love that, and, and and like I said, folks, if you haven't check them out, Jonathan Hutcherson. Listen to the songs. Uh, like I said, I, I've really enjoyed it, and, and dude, I, I appreciate you sharing a, a drink with me and and sharing your story with me. Cheers! Thanks for having me, Jonathan. I appreciate it. Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.